We're here dishing with Nate Roos about his chart-topping collab with Connie Connecticut, his support for Cheech and Chong's vodka bong, and did Green Day get too political on their new one? We take the heart for a day I guess we got to start with the Cheech and Chong vodka bong. Nate, what do you think of this thing? Um, I hope you love it. I love it. I, cro- I endorse crossfading entirely. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't do it yourself, but you endorse no, it. No, I would. Days. I would. But for the record, I would literally never crossfade. A, I would never smoke weed, and and I, I mean, I don't know how the two of you guys feel about marijuana. I do know how the two of you guys feel about marijuana, but I don't. I love alcohol. Um, it's dry January, so I'm not. I won't speak as fondly about it, but um, but I can't imagine a world where I would smoke weed and drink at the same time. Wow, does Young Thug know that? I don't want to tell him that. Do these cool rappers you hang out with know you've never been crossfaded? No, they I, they don't even know. Well, anytime they offer me like weed, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm and I'm always holding like I'm always drinking um something. So it's like I think they're like, okay, cool. At least he's not just like a complete pussy. I'm kind of like a somewhat like everything in moderation person nowadays. I guess like Nate, I'm doing a half dry January into however many months I keep it going. Of I'm just not drinking Monday through Thursday and then drinking on weekends, so it's easier to do. That's actually a great, and then I, that's a great plan. And those, that's like the type of shit that I need to be on as opposed to just like giving up an entire month, but then uh, raging for the next uh, 12 or 11 months after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's something that like me and Margie started doing because we were like, it's just easier to do and it's a good way to like cut back. But then Alex, I know you're more of like a weed guy and I sometimes, I guess more than I used to, I'll take like an edible here and there but I'm not like a huge weed person. It's Basically, it's fun to do by myself, but then I hate hanging out with people if I'm too high. Yeah. I guess I mostly smoke at home. Yeah, I don't drink at all anymore. Do you, I just stopped do you, and I don't miss it. Do you smoke or do you do like edib- edibles? I usually hit a vape pen and do edibles. Is there like a... is? Forgive me for the, the question if it's insane. Um, is there a weed edible that that uh it, it simulates the feeling of having something to drink maybe your first drink um it's <laughs> an interesting question i don't think so fuck well so buy the cheech and chong um vodka <laughs> yeah, there, there are weed seltzers you could kind of pretend it's a white claw no that sounds awful oh god weed is i had so- one of those recently and it was like two milligrams so it was just like nothing basically yeah it might as well be a regular seltzer yeah the, like five the, bucks. The five or six times that I smoked weed all ended awfully. <laughs> it was I all puked, in the same I, night. I think that was the problem. Yeah. I puked the first time I smoked weed. Were you also drinking? No, no. I didn't drink oh, until really? Damn, okay. I didn't I didn't drink until I was like twenty two. We were making the first uh format album and uh me and the other guy, Sam, we both didn't drink or smoke weed. And our producer was just like a total stoner. And so one time I had to stay longer and like write some lyrics for a song. So I was like, oh, well, this is what they do. Like I get a little high. (laughs) I saw his weed on the table. I was like, I get a little high and like, and all the, the words will write themselves. And so, um, so all I remember was like loading it up, like taking a hit and being like, that didn't do anything. Then coughing and just being dizzy. And I was dizzy. Yeah, like zero to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. And the fucking, the, the, we had this like, uh, this assistant engineer 
who was literally just the biggest stoner, like the definition, like a of of a stoner guy. And uh, I was like, "Is this going to be forever?" And he's like, "Yeah, it could be forever." And um, and <laughs> I just remember too. I was so stressed out that I like puked. I like went into another room and fell asleep. And uh, and I woke up and I wrote some lyrics and and and, uh, and finished the song. It was wow, awful. that's fucked up. I know. It's like recording the the last Sublime album when the, he would just be passed out in the bathroom and they they wouldn't know if he was dead or not and he wouldn't show up and it was just such a slog. But except it was one hit of weed. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so hard yeah, with Nate and his drug problem at the time. He would just he'd be throwing I, up and. Yeah, um, I like. I heard Scott Weiland was so fucked up when they were recording Tiny Music that they just recorded the album without vocals, and then they they just were just like, okay, well, you just come in and you just figure it out. Yeah, I think there's plenty of stories like that where if you're like a teenager, like getting into music, you're like, whoa, that's like so crazy, and then as an adult, when you realize you have to work with people and it's like a collaborative situation, it's like, man, I feel so bad for those guys. Yeah, like it's so hard to just function when people can't or like when me and Alex have watched the puddle of mud videos where the singer just passes out on stage in the middle of their hit and the rest of the band just figures out how to like slowly keep the tempo going slower and slower and just like end it with no vocals. And I feel so bad for those guys for like, yeah, that, that's actually, trust I've, this guy. I've been that guy before. Um, and it's, it's wild. Like one, like all I remember, I, I so then eventually I discovered drinking when I was like 22, and um, and I got super super into it, uh, and I would just drink like constant. It would I would just it, someone would be cleaning up my puke all the time. I like I got over it fairly quickly, but it, it was just like I was making up for like missed years, and yeah yeah. And I had one show we were playing in Phoenix, where I told the crowd. We're just so happy to be back in our hometown. Maybe between every single song. <laughs> well, that's funny. That it, is pretty funny. It seems like you're doing a bit even though you were just like wasted. Well, everybody was like, Nate, that was so like afterwards. I mean, everybody was so mad at me. And I basically <laughs> just, um, we had, a, a, we, we were doing a two-nighter. So I was like, okay, well, I'll be much better tonight. You know, because everybody was like, Nate, that was insane. And I was fucking just as bad the next night. Then what happened? Uh, then I was like, okay, uh, I gotta figure. Some, I gotta figure myself out. Like I rem- all I remember was like about. I was about to go on stage, and my girlfriend um, at the time like slapped me across the face because she was mad about something that I said. Um, it like it was the darkest of times. God, that does remind me. Like long time ago, we were playing like a house show with our band. And my friend who played bass at the time, uh, without us, like, because it was just a lot of people just hanging out, you know, like we're, I'm not like watching what everyone's doing. Right. And he had drank an entire fifth of whiskey on top of like, the, like basically it was like, Oh, he was drinking a few beers. And then on top of that, he had drank a whole fifth of whiskey, like secretly, basically. That was one and of the beers. We, yeah. And when we were supposed to play, I was just like, do you remember what songs were playing? And he didn't know a single title of any of them. And it was like, ah, oh, fuck. So we just turned him almost entirely all the way down and just like, yeah, right, you know. Yeah, I had to, I figured it. I mean, everybody else fortunately was much more um like they could handle themselves a lot better than I could. And yeah. so I just had to figure out like, okay, cool. Well, I guess from now on 
I gotta, I can only, I, I, I mastered my high essentially. I just figured yeah, out like, yeah. cool, I can have like a, a drink before the show and I can have a drink during the show and I'm fine. And I think too, like music makes it easier to find yourself in that position because once you've already written the songs and performed them so much, it's so like muscle memory that it's fun to like belt them out and be drunk. Oh yeah. Whereas like for, for doing like E1 live, we can't have more than like a couple beers beforehand or else we're just not going to have anything to say. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're making something up off the cusp, then yeah, it's just too fucking hard if you're too fucked up. Yeah. But oh my gosh, there was, that was the only thing I enjoyed was like having a drink on stage. Like that was the only way that I could like go up there at some point. Like, cause it was, I just hated it so much. So I was like, oh, well at the very least I'll get to have a drink and then, and then I'll like everything. I won't be as anxious and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've thought a lot about. Like, even though I've never really been in that position. I've never been on tour. I've never been professional to, to that extent. But the way that touring, it sort of almost invites drug use and alcohol use and stuff. Yeah. Where you're, you're doing something over and over again and you're forced to like do the emotional labor of seeming like you really enjoy it. Every single time you have to be like totally into it. I could, I could have go to on be for, like, yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to perform the experience of like, or, uh, do the performance of being a happy guy and making everyone's day, and then also you've got like jet lag, so you're taking pills for that, and then like you're still high the next morning, and that stuff I think about just from reading uh, biographies the, of musicians. The, like, yeah, material reality of every venue being a bar also is just like okay now we're here and it's 5 p.m and we don't go on until 10 30 p.m and we have free drinks and there's nothing to do yeah i mean that was those days those days were tough and those days i was sober too like i I think we had had like the format had a tour bus by the time i was drinking i couldn't imagine what i would do if i was just like her doing the hurry up and wait thing at a at like a bar there's just no chance i i mean at this point in my life uh, I have a strict like no day drinking rule, which I all like I had to as well, like in in uh, my fun touring days, even though like you'd have to I'd have to just fucking do one radio interview after the next. And all I wanted to do was just like day drink and, and like get home from doing the press or get back to the bus and just pass out until it was showtime. But it was just like that you I could tell that that was a potent like combination. But it's different, like. I'm one of those people who was on tour drinking, not to be like the guy who's drunk, like having a good time, but to be like, I need to fucking get through this. Otherwise I'm going to murder myself. Um, But then you just like run into people who just think that like being on tour is an excuse to just like go hog wild and just be like a crazy person. Uh, And those people are just like the worst people to hang out with. It's two different like mentalities, but they look the same from afar. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. And those are both common things in the world of music or really any like creative pursuit. Like comedy is the same way. You get both of those types of people very frequently. That's actually a good point. Um, just another reason why, you know, uh, artists want to be athletes and uh, comedians, right? Isn't that what they say? And and LeBron wants to draw pictures of Bart Simpson and Homer Simpson. He wants to be a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Is, That's is LeBron been his dream? Same as Michael Jordan. Is LeBron drawing? Yeah, these, I mean, this is like a while ago now, but on his Instagram, he's posted sketches of like the Simpsons, like just like, oh, just try to get back into drawing, lol. That's, That's cool. F- That's awesome, actually. Maybe that's yeah. where he left off. Like he was drawing Bart Simpson's head, and he was like ten. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. And then the allure right. of the basketball came, and he just he got distracted. Okay, so okay, now I'm thinking then with uh, Cheech and Chong's vodka bong, how would the three of us tackle this? Because it's a 750 of vodka, and then it's a bong. So I think basically, me and Nate are going to go in on the vodka. The two of us can drink half of a fifth a piece. So we're each going to have to drink about 10 shots of this thing. That's fine. Then we got to smoke the bong. Alex can take most of it. I'll take like one hit, but I think even one hit is going to kill Nate. So, well, I mean, so then what we have to do is, okay, we got to obviously give me like 67% of the, the, uh, vodka so that you can, and that's a good point. Wait, hang on. It's actually, yeah. um, See, it's, it's gotta a be relay 60- race. It, it, wait, would, no, it wouldn't be 67, 67, 67 in order to get... What, what number do you get after that? 67 and 33, and, and Alex will just take the weed. It's like a relay race where you start drinking, I'll finish the drinking and start the smoking, yes, and yes. Alex will take most of the smoking. Like, it's like th- a yeah. three-legged thing. Yeah, and Alex will... will uh, Alex is like the, the... He's taking the last baton. He's like, he's he's sprinting to victory. Yeah, exactly, bringing the torch. Yeah. <laughs> it's even... We the, actually have the perfect... As close as this. you can get to an Olympic torch. I feel like, okay, well, if that's what you have to do, if there's a, a challenge, and there should be, um, for the for the Cheech and Chong bong uh, vodka, and it's a three-man race, then I think we could win. Absolutely, yeah. We got we got a good team here. Um, uh, I'd like to point out that- The thing is so- Oh, sorry, sorry. No, my, my son is uh, six, and he's obsessed with The Simpsons. He's having a Simpsons-themed birthday party. Nice. Dude, The Simpsons is so good. You can't uh, get into it too early, you know? Like, it's it's good at any age. Yeah, that I think was, it was 9 or 10. I got super into it. Yeah, that yeah, was my... Too. That was kind of why I was okay with it. Because, uh, I mean, it. he's... I guess my son's cool because he likes Pokemon and, and uh, The Simpsons. And that's... He's, yeah, he's having the a, same shit I liked when I was young. Yeah, <laughs> he's having a Pokemon Simpsons-themed um, birthday party. Hell yeah. And, and I'm just, like, so proud. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what a cool kid. I like mean, he, The Simpsons like deliberately really does have jokes that appeal to children and teenagers and adults. Like the layers in those peak seasons are so deep that like there's a good reason why kids get into it because there are just like easy, funny, physical gags that kids love. And then there's references to like the Nixon-Kennedy debate, you know? Yeah. It's how I learned about a streetcar named Desire when I was eight. Totally. I hadn't watched The Simpsons uh, basically in, you know, like 20 years and then you haven't seen the new seasons. Yeah, I know <laughs> they're so fucking good. He's actually watching them, them, and I'm like, "Oh no, dude, stop! You got to stop." But I guess when I was 12, I was watching the new ones in like 2004, <sighs> which I think those are better than the ones now. There was like, I think 12 is like the real cutoff. There are a couple good ones in there, but even then, I kind of knew like this isn't as good. I know Dan put himself through a watch of every season of the show. And the way he described it is that once you get to like season nine or 10, there's just a longer and longer stretch between each good one where, you know, in season 12 or 13, maybe there's three good ones in the season. And then by season 30, there maybe there's a single good one somewhere, you know? Yeah. I yeah. always, I always figured that it got bad at season like eight, but I, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I, um, I think like two through eight is like the peak era. And to me, like four and five is just like the most perfect show ever, you know? I told yeah. I I told him I was like, hey, um, uh, the like the other night we usually do we usually take one kid during the weekend and we like I I'll sleep with one of them and Charlotte will sleep with the other one. Uh, for I mean, if anybody ever has any kids, you'll understand. But um, 
but they so hate I was being like, alone at night. They always have nightmares. Nah, that I mean they're they're fine with that, but I just I just want to like hang out with them and and uh, and so he's like, okay, well we can watch the iPad and we'll watch this The Simpsons. And so I was like, have you ever seen Homer at the Bat? And he's like, I don't know Classic. that one. And so I put it on, and uh, and he was I, I think he was like mildly amused by it, but now he, like he since has watched it again, and he is obsessed with that song. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> he like loves to like yeah. like like sing it to me. Like, the talking, talking baseball one. Yeah, we're talking baseball or what? Like Homer and the straw. Ozzy and, Ozzy the, and straw. the straw. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a that's a great episode, by the way. Yeah, classic. Um. Well, now this is like a random segue from that, but I started actually looking at the chichinchong.com page for their vodka bong. And uh, the branding is so... I was trying to be nice to them and be like, you know what? Maybe I think they're too corny. Maybe it's kind of fun what they do. And then right away, the fucking slogan for this is, it's fucking vodka, man. That shit sucks so So bad. Like, who is it for? I don't know if it's for boomers because this shit has been around forever. Like, it's, it's not new for boomers. They yeah. know Cheech and Chong and they, this sort of stuff has been around forever. So you think like this is targeted toward new smokers, right? Like does, people who like when, when they sell know, gummies in, or not, not the, uh, the bong. I mean, obviously, does, does, um, does, does Gen Z know about Cheech and Chong? I hope Ma- not. <laughs> maybe from that 70s <laughs> show or that 90s show. Apparently Tommy Chong is on both. Like, I guess I'm like two years away from being Gen Z and in that 70s show, I was like, 14 when the last episode aired so like i could have conceivably seen that if i was gen z but like usually when you see them advertising it's the gummies yeah it's for people who don't really smoke so if it's for old people who don't really smoke and they're new to weed why would you advertise it with cheech and chong why wouldn't you use like the corporate sort of branding yeah and if it's for kids why would you use cheech and chong it's like a flintstones vitamin sort of thing like why totally, is yeah. why is that the mascot? It makes zero sense. Like who likes that? I uh, I like the Flintstones vitamins uh, for the record. Oh yeah, yeah they I kept was me healthy. Fan. Yeah. I didn't They're have delicious. rickets as a kid. I didn't have <laughs> scabies. I didn't have scurvy. Yeah, I gotta I gotta buy. I got, I'm gonna get on Amazon right now uh, and order that for my kids. They're not gonna like it. It tastes like well, no, actually, it's I think sour. it kind of tasted good. They. I think they have some sort of weird ass candy um, vitamin nowadays. Gummies have completely pulled ahead. Yeah, you can I get know. a thing on Amazon of like a thousand gummies, and they they taste like berry, and they're not sour. They don't make you pucker up. You can eat like four of them, and it, it's yeah. I fine. guess those Flintstones things are pretty chalky too. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty, pretty chalky, chalky but in a good and way. fruity, and like I feel yeah, like I thought so. That yeah, it's it's come a long way. Now it's it just tastes like candy. I um, it's like indistinguishable from a gusher. Last night I gave them an apple. And I added salt. I like. I was. They were like, "I want to. Oh, can I have a snack?" Um, and so I gave them a cut up apple with salt and citric acid. And they like their minds were blown. I'm feeding my kids citric acid. <laughs> have Have you guys ever like? Uh, uh, do you Do you have any citric acid in 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 your house? No, just vitamin C, so. like in a powder. It's citric acid. It's just. It's just like. It's just. Uh, what it's, does it do? It makes stuff sour like insanely sour it's like the stuff that they like dip all the sour stuff in oh interesting oh okay. yeah yeah it's just I sour powder you. yes but you can have it i never thought about that and there's and there's no like there's no calories there's nothing bad you can literally just have make anything sour yeah i dig that 
it's amazing. Citric acid is is um, is the wave of the future. Just to let you guys know, well, we should. I think the wave of the future investing. is Cheech and Chong's vodka bong, which we are advertising here. Apparently, it's described as a first, if it's kind, foolproof <laughs> DIY cool. kit to turn this cool glass bottle into your new best friend. Dot dot dot. They're still fucking winking about weed. Wait a minute. You have to drill this. Do you really? No, yeah, stop. It comes with a no. glass cutting drill bit and drilling what? guide. So you Jesus have to have Christ. you have to have a power drill and you have to drill the glass and make sure not to break it. So that's how much is this again? Wow. This sucks so bad. It would really I'm suck. I'm gonna click to do order that. mine now. See how much it is. Oh god damn, you have to enter your fucking name and your email before you can see the price. I'm not oh, doing it. Oh come on. Select your state. Uh I don't like this Cheech and Chong stuff. They need to go away. They, they, they keep sending me Twitter ads. I don't trust them. They're making weed okay. look bad. A different website called Reserve Bar says it's $300, but they might be jacking up the price. But then again, maybe it really is. I don't know. It is a pretty big thing. No, not really, though. It's 750 milliliters. That's just a fifth. Like, I guess yeah, it cost 20 bucks, you know? Yeah, that's actually not that much. Yeah, I guess it's sort of like a gift type thing. It only makes sense in that context. Like you're saying, for who? Who likes it, to drill if you're like a glass? Rich, and... You're a rich dentist and you, you're you <laughs> like giving a, a gift to your cousin who you and him used to smoke weed and listen to Steppenwolf and you haven't done it in a long time, but it's sort of an in-joke and you say, oh, back in the day we used to do that. Like maybe you would give him that. You'd spend $300 on a thing that would just go on a shelf and be like, Cheech and Chong, ho, 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 no, we know what those guys are doing. Yeah, whoa. whoa, dude! It is ins- now that you mention that. It's just insane the way they describe it as you scroll down. This set comes with everything you need, other than safety glasses and a drill to complete your favorite upcycle project ever. So Ask then there's your fucking there's, no, there's literally nothing. Cool it's downcycling. It's downcycling. Yes. If there's, you wait, it. so you, what you're telling me is that there's not the, what the f- oh my god. Oh, that's so scummy. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, They're that's wild. Like, that you can upcycle something. God it's like damn. selling a. Selling a uh, an electronic thing and then saying you can use the box to like play with your cat with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. Like oh you can oh you you can use you can use the box as a crib. You could put yeah. stuff in it. That's um that's so this depressing. Shit is so much. You can worse use it as a paperweight if you need a paperweight. Right. You can use it to hold a door open. Man. You can throw it at somebody if you really need to. Like Man, if there's an intruder. Man, they really let me down. I, I'm I'm. I'm now. I'm glad I blocked their their ads on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, this shit sucks. I was man. Ha- I was having second thoughts, but now I'm glad. The the perks of it are just normal things. Well, I guess this is one perk. Uh, you get a collector's edition Bic lighter <laughs> with Cheech and Chong's face on it or some shit. But uh, how much all is the it? other perks? I don't. Well, that other website's selling it for three hundred. I'm not going to click through here because they need your email <sighs> for the, to see. even show you on here. I mean, you Name, know, so, Tommy like, Chong. I'm going to put it next to my, my Funkos. Yeah. It's going to go in between my Cheech and my Chong Funko. They probably they're, have they're advertising those. that the bottle has a liquid tight rubber seal. What kind of liquor bottle wouldn't seal, you know? Yep, they have them. They have Cheech and Chong Funko Pops. Oh, so, I mean. Oh, man. I have a, I have a whole Cheech and Chong um, memorabilia thing in my studio. I don't smoke like weed, but like Cheech do. and Chong. Don't smoke weed, but I love the movies. That's an old E1 bit of mine that I I love weed culture, but I don't like weed. Yeah, that might be me in general. Oh, it is just $300. I love I I put in a temporary email. I love shitty comedy. Is it $300? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, maybe 10 people will buy that. I don't know. Yeah, 
absolutely terrible product. I mean, like, also, how easy would it be to make a bong that also doubles as a, or I mean, sorry, a, a bottle of vodka that also doubles as a bong without having Speaking to make of everybody apples. Do the, you can make anything into a bong? I, really? I, I like literally like talk about being on tour. I've I've never seen like so many people smoke out of apples in my entire life. That's yeah, all. You didn't see anyone drilling into a vodka bottle with a uh, power tool. Exactly. Disposable vapes really killed that, which might be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. It's yeah, so much actually, easier. Disposable to just get vapes a, are their own problem, but yeah, that's that's sort of a problem. But uh, you don't really see people trying to make a, a pipe out of tin foil anymore. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, what? So, what do they sell now at smoke shops? You know, it's been a while. Uh, Delta Eight stuff. <laughs> is weed still is weed legal in Massachusetts? Yeah, it, okay. it didn't. It like originated in Massachusetts. That might not, that might have been healthcare. I think it might have been the third one to legalize it. Yeah, Romney Care originated here. I think it was Colorado, Washington, and then Mass. But it also took like six years for them to actually get the stores open, and only now it's starting to come down to normal prices. Does Romney Care still exist? Yeah. And? Uh, I guess it's okay. It's just Obamacare. <laughs> yeah. It's just true. the same thing. But if you can make that bong, you may have yourself a green day. Ooh, a green day. Anyway. That's right. They came out with their new album. They're uh, back at it, folks. Five their days 14th, ago. Their 14th and possibly greatest album. Wait, they, they came out with a new album? Yeah. That's what we were talking about before we started. This is brand new. Stuff. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. That's what we were talking about for forty minutes before we started. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about Green Day. I guess to your credit, Nate, Green we Day. were talking about Dookie, and we weren't really talking about this new one. But oh yeah, because I just I randomly said that I was listening to this new album, and then uh, after it finished, it started playing Dookie, and for a second I was like, "Damn, the last track on that's really good," and then I realized <laughs> it was just Dookie. But um, I think it's it's okay. Uh, the first song off Dookie is da -da -da -da, I declare I don't, I don't care, care no, no more. more. Yeah, exactly. Such a good fucking song. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's called Saviors. That's the it name has of the album. Some of the worst lyrics I've ever seen. Yeah, the lyrics. Can we are get so some bad. of them? Can we get some of them? Oh yeah. Yeah, let me read out some of them. I screenshotted a bunch of them when I was listening through it. Um, here's one. I got a buzz like a murder hornet. I drink my Optical. media and turn it into vomit. I got a robot and I'm fucking it senseless. It comes, it comes with batteries and only speaks in English. Congratulations. Best of luck and blessings. We're all together and we're living in the 20s. That's called living Damn. in the 20s. That's, That's like cool. he's describing my life word that, for word. That sounds like I'm listening to a Radiohead album. <laughs> Ooh, burn. Uh, yeah, I guess you could make the argument that OK Computer was kind of like that. Yeah, OK Computer was ahead of its time in, <laughs> in, uh, in lyrics that just complain about... Um, like yeah, the, the computers, computers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's sad and no one cares. It's just that he had the tact to avoid mentioning topical things like murder hornets, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. The well, only I mean, time they did that was Planet Telex. What are you talking about in that? Because no one knows what Telex is. It was some uh, some weird British thing where they would, it was like the old time computers before there was the internet, they would connect to each other. Oh, okay. I didn't wow. know. Like, yeah, no one would know what that was. So that wow. was that was on the Benz, but that is that probably the best song in the Benz. You in think? My opinion. Yeah, it's a great song. Great song. I mean, I think it's a great song. I would. I. I, I mean, Black Star. There's some great songs on there. Oh, Black, Black Star is, is one of my song. favorite songs of all time. So, hmm. oh yeah, it's great tough hook. to pick. I don't know what's my favorite on there. I mean, Black Star just lyrically is also like phenomenal too. Can you believe like like. <sighs> 
he was so good at writing love songs and he just abandoned it all to write about like computers. He's well, kind then of, he went back to old it, age, it was kind, kind of, of gone back around to it. Oh, like he when did? he put he True Love Waits. Yeah, he put True Love Waits finally on the end of one of his, I think it was a moon-shaped pool. Yeah. Okay. But it was like after him and the woman got divorced and then she died of cancer died like, like six like months right later. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, oh, I don't even yeah. want to listen to this. This is just a bummer. Right. I don't want to think about that. Right. Oh, so brutal. <laughs> So you guys were Radiohead fans? Oh, definitely. Yeah, not like a super fan. Like a lot of their 2000 stuff I could take or leave. I was I was so I I remember buying OK Computer and um and I was so depressed at that point in my life. I think I was like 14. And uh I I'm like from Iowa and my parents were like, "Oh, maybe you want to go visit your your family in Iowa." And so and I had nothing else to do. It was like summer break, so I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll go to Iowa." Um, and I listened to OK Computer the whole way there, and I was just like, there are aliens making music. <laughs> and yeah, from then totally. on, I was like, this is the coolest band. Um, yeah, same. Like, high school was the same t- thing for me. Like, I would listen to it, like, in between classes, like, five minutes at a time between classes, you know? <laughs> yeah, me too. And I would listen to Muse, which is aged way worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I thought they were good. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that. That was that was one of the blessings of being the older guy. When someone was like, "Oh, there's this band called Muse," and you're just like, "Why? Like, we have Radiohead. Why? What does it matter?" I think. Okay, well, this is going to be going down a rabbit hole we didn't intend to go down, but I think Radiohead's basically the best rock band of all time. But now I'm in like a Beatles phase. Best American for the first time. band for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm in like a Beatles phase for the first time in like ten years, where I'm like, "All right, the Beatles are the best band when it comes to just like." harmonies melodies and like tight structures and radiohead's the best rock band ever when it comes to breadth and depth and actual amount of just ideas and the amount of things they did like a number of instruments yeah i I remember thinking at the time like oh well nobody's going to be able to dupe this when i heard okay computer um and now in retrospect i'm like well who would want to (laughs) i think it's good yeah but I think the Benz is maybe like a hundred times better. I think their best album at this point is In Rainbows. Now that I'm old, everyone says that. Yeah, I'm know. never gonna listen to it. I like, like it, two plus two, good. and that's it. That's that's, that's not to that. the thief. Yeah, that's a different album. Oh my bad. Well, that was just like that was their best. That like I like that just sounds like a Pearl Jam. So I don't know. I don't. I doubt you guys are Pearl Jam fans. But no, we're too okay. young for that. They have yeah. some songs that are fine, but but it, but like that. But but that song it literally just sounds like a Pearl Jam song. Yeah, they went back to rock, five? but only for that one song, really. Yeah, they went back to rock for one song. I but remember song, like my friends were like, Radiohead's back, they're back, they're back. And so I listened to that song. I was like, yes, this fucking rules. And then the rest of it was like, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's back to the, the, the sparse bleeps had, like, and blips. They're there and stuff. There's a lot of like exciting songs on there. Where I End and You Begin, it's a good album. I mean, I, I, I stayed up till midnight. Um, for when, what was, uh, hail? Oh no. What was the, what was the one that came after? Okay. Computer, the kid, a kid, a kid, a, I, I, I like went to the record store at, and to get it at midnight. Um, and I put it in and, and, and I had already known kind of what to expect, but it was, I was still just like, fuck man, this is so fucking boring. This isn't bad. It's just boring. Well, okay. Yeah, that's I was, a I was almost to like, listen to late at night when you're like already really yeah, tired put you to sleep. and you've been looking forward to it and it's just like very downturned and introspective i was kind of like implicitly making a comparison between the beatles and radiohead earlier but the actual classic rock comparison for radiohead is pink floyd they're super similar to pink floyd i think where like kid a is when suddenly everything's in like 10 8 time and it's all like very musiciany music but somehow they're still the biggest band in the world you know 
Yeah. Like two plus two equals five is in three, four, seven, four, and four, four in the span of like two minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's very thoughtful. I know that's a good question. It's absolutely right? math rock because you of the can't, time signatures be, and because the title is an equation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but also that's the that, the, that the, the worst part is that you know someone's sitting in a room being like, okay, well, how do we make this in a different time signature? But that's what the Beatles did too. Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, happiness is a warm gun is literally the same thing. It's four four three four and seven four. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I uh, like I've written songs before that like have gone into like the craziest time signatures. But that's because I didn't know how to play an instrument, and so that whatever I heard in my my head was just like, like a, a an insane time signature. But these guys are like professionals; like they are definitely sitting down and being like, "Okay, now how do we make, how do we really trick this out?" Yeah, but I think the, the the true test, I guess, to say something very derisive toward math rock, math rock feels that way because it's like, oh, I can tell this is mathy, all right. But things like Radiohead and the Beatles are good because it still feels like a good song. Yeah, yeah, like the money song. Money. That's like, yeah, in, it's in like five. That's a seven, eight, I think. And 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 then, uh, do you know, the Toadies Possum Kingdom is another great one that's in, in a weird time signature. Yeah, I, I do feel like that's the mark of a good mixed meter or weird time signature song is whether it's drawing attention to itself, like, hey, look at me, or whether it feels like a good song. Totally agree. Yeah, like Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Oh yeah, that's a great song. Good vocal harmonies and stuff too. Yeah, that's like very, very poppy and concise, but also very complex if you look at it. And they and they band, do uh, they do like a bunch of shit in like minor too. They're cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I hate it. I don't want to listen to them, but they're cool. <laughs> uh, a band who does none of that stuff. Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> Green Day's never yeah, even some more lyrics. Green yeah, Day's never yeah. even written a song in in in, in three four. That's a good point. I can't no, I think bet of they have. They, they have, have like one or two. Oh, they've done like rock a, operas. They've definitely done like a prom type of song in 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 three four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they would be the guys to do that. Like we're, we got to write the song where it's a funeral. Like gen, it's a gen, funeral gen, for gen, the American gen, dream, gen, and it's got to be a waltz. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. They're they're writing like a they're writing like, I mean, there were like some old like fifties doo wop songs. Most of those fifties doo wop songs, I feel like, were in like in like three four. Oh. Yeah, definitely. So they, so they definitely have done a song or two in three, four. Another shooting in a supermarket. I spent my money on a bloody soft target. Playing with matches and I'm lighting Colorado. I got my scratcher and I'm going to win the lotto. That's good. It's also so sneering in a weird way where it's always like, like Americans are dumb. They just want to play scratchers. You know, it's like so condescending. Too. Right. It's yeah, bad. exactly. Like no, no thought for like the fact that why they're playing scratchers. Yeah, yeah. Coma City, don't call the cops. Word on the street is they all quit their jobs. So I don't know if that's pro or anti-cop. It's hard to say. Uh, Coma City, mask on your face. Bankrupt the planet for assholes in space. A gunshot, gunshot heads. Shooting in the distance. It's on your face and hands with no resistance. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have no I'm idea. Like, next. <laughs> She's going to bang her head like 1981. She's throwing oh, punches to the beat, to the sound of cable TV, and she'll never see the world the same. She is a cold war in my head, and I am East Berlin. Oof. Yeah. It's, I never, I never met that Green couplet Day. at the end. I um, one time, my only Green Day, cool Green Day story is, they were getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and so was Lou Reed. And, <laughs> that's interesting yeah no i know like lou reed and green day were getting inducted into the hall of fame um and you you, you i guess in the rock and roll hall of fame you choose a guest to in, induct you and so um 
so Green Day chose Fallout Boy, and Lou Reed, uh, or uh, Lou Reed was dead. Um, Beck, I guess Beck was like the guy to do it, or like Beck was. Weird. <laughs> oh, it was Beck? Yeah, Beck, and Beck performed um, Satellite of Love. And so he asked me if I wanted to go and, and sing backup vocals for it. And I was like, yes, absolutely. And then I found out that Jason Faulkner um, and Roger Manning from Jellyfish were also the other two backup singers. And I was just like, this is like my dream come true. Nice. Um, but I just remember sitting there, I think Fall Out Boy was at our table that night um, and thinking like, well, I, I guess Green Day deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> That's a good Yeah, they've been around like, for like 30 years. Yeah. But they were, I think they were still wearing the ties and the eye makeup. And I, and this was like 2014. I'm just like, okay, guys, we got to. Yeah, put it to rest, guys. We got to figure oh. out a new one. You said this before we started recording, but can you imagine being 50 and putting on like eyeliner every day and stuff? It's like, come on, man. What was yeah. that performance where Metallica did Sweet Jane? Because that was the birth of Lulu. I thought that was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but maybe it was something else. No, I don't think. I don't, All I know is Paul McCartney was there. And at the end of the night, they were like, oh, all the performers get up on stage and, and sing. I don't remember what the fucking stupid song was. Um, and Miley Cyrus was there. She Speaking of weed, she smoked so much weed that Beck had a contact high just from being in the room next to her. <laughs> Are you allowed of, to do that if you're Scientologist? No, and that was that was one of the, the funniest things because he was just like, he had no idea what to do, but he was just like, I mean, she was smoking so much weed. It was crazy. <laughs> How is Beck like a sober guy? How is he straight edge? Uh, is he anymore though? I don't know. Maybe not. I know he grew up no Scientologist. By, by the way, Olympia's but my maybe daughter is asking who I'm talking to. Get out of here. Who are you talking to? <laughs> no, you know what? Guys, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scold my, my daughter. Yeah, scram. Scram. All right, let's hear some more Green Day lyrics. Yeah. Don't know much about history because I never learned to read. Drop out, I'm a knucklehead. Sick boy, and I shit the bed. Maybe I'm in love with a deviant. Maybe I got terminal vertigo. Slam dance on my face again. Nonsense is my heroine. Rude boy going comatose. Drop out, and I'm adios. Damn, he's going crazy on the beat. I don't know much about history. It's just That's taking directly reference to from Wonderful World by Sam Cooke, which might be my least favorite song of all time. Yeah, that song's so it's like, I don't know much about science book. I don't know much about biology. And the lyrics are just listing every subject in high school and saying you don't know about it. Yeah. It's so irritating. I um, guess you see why Green Day draws inspiration from that, though. They probably <laughs> see that as very political. Wait, what? I'm sorry. I missed all this. What are we talking about? They paraphrase the don't know much about history thing from <sighs> Sam Cooke. God damn it. They should do a change is going to come. I think, too, all this is just so fucking sneering, though, of like, He's like saying this is how Americans are. They're stupid. They don't know anything. Meh, meh, meh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all true, but you kind of have to look inward a little bit. Yeah, there's no like, there's, why. Right. Like the, the question is the why rather than the, eh, I hate it. It sucks. Yeah, and he kind of knows why because he's a guy that's gone to rehab a bunch of times and has had public meltdowns and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of this is just like, oh, these stupid people with their vices and... uh it seems like he's not doing that well either, and he doesn't talk about that. It's just like, everyone is racist, and the Uber's running late. I just lost my sense of humor. Gen Z killing baby boomer now. Strange days are here to stay. Ever since Bowie died, it hasn't been the same. All the madmen going mental. Grandma's on the fentanyl now. Ugh. 
Oh fuck! So it's kind of just really bad stuff like that. It's also like like you're saying like when you think about it, there's no introspection or anything, or, or like you're saying, Alex, there's no idea that he himself has a part in this. There's like first person stuff that's like from the perspective of someone who he thinks is a moron. Yeah, <laughs> but there's nothing that like shows his part in this. And know? also, he's doing shit with Jimmy Fallon, and they're on New Year's Rock oh, and Eve. Yeah. Like obviously, it's it's nothing new to say that they're hypocrites or whatever, or that they're corporate or that they sold out, but like. They're just, uh, they're like the Foo Fighters at this point. Yeah. yeah. They're just super Which corny. is fine. It's like, okay. Yeah, but no, there's no problem with it. I, it's not countercultural at all. And there's only so much sneering you can do at TikTok and stuff like that. Right. And I yeah. also don't think it's really worse than 2004. No, not really. I don't think, I think culture was a lot worse in 2004, actually. Like MTV and, and, and the news and it, everything going on. Even social media. I think the internet was probably worse. Well, I have this. But I, I guess uh, they just weren't thinking about it, so it wasn't a problem. I, I found this while I was searching Green Day. Smashing Pumpkins' Billy Corgan talks Green Day's political, quote-unquote, political music, criticizes Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then the, uh, <laughs> the byline is, why don't you just call it the Music Hall of Fame, he said on the Reinvented with Jen Eckerd podcast. They should. So it's cool. It's cool that, like, old guys are, are bickering about, like, one another. Yeah. I th- can I give my review on this album? Uh, yeah, please. All right. Green Day's 14th long player takes an unsparing look at MAGA, murder hornets, the media, and even society itself. The thoughtful threesome rails against the moral turpitude of Bible thumpers and Kavfifi sippers, skewering 20s depravity in a taut runtime of four Scaramucci's. Uh, How long is a Scaramucci? That's what I think about it. Yeah. I, mean, I had to look it up. Days a Scaramucci is like days. It's like a week. Yeah, it's like, like four days. two weeks. That's a long album. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought that, I thought that you could transmute them into uh, minutes rather than days. No, you can't. <laughs> How is a Scaramucci a yeah. minute? <laughs> it would have been. It would have been cool if he was in there for ten minutes. All right. Well, maybe I just he, he took his coat that. off and then just turned around like uh, Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> yeah, at the brothel. I want to read more. One more song here. It's called Corvette Summer, and this one I think has really grown on me. Because it's so stupid and it has the best hook on the album. The chorus is get around, I can get around, fuck it up on my rock and roll, here we go now. Get around, I can get around, drop a bomb on my rock and roll. And it makes zero sense, but I think it's good. I think it's actually good because it makes so little sense. And this one isn't about, the only thing about politics is living in chaos, sick and I'm bored. Which is great. Nothing about TikTok, nothing about like Mr. Beast. Normally, rock and roll is one of the lamest things you can sing about in a rock song, but because everything else he sings about on the album is so lame, it's actually the coolest thing on this (laughs) album. Rock and roll is cool again. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, Yeah. it's very wholesome, this old guy singing about loving rock and roll. And I I, I was thinking like the way this song is written, the way a lot of them are just like one to four to one to four. It reminds me of oh, yeah. maybe something Keith Richards would have written. And if this was on Black and Blue or Some Girls or Emotional Rescue, I would probably say this is really good. And it's actually cool that they say stuff like, fuck it up on my rock and roll. Like, <laughs> like if Mick Jagger wrote that on Exile on Main Street, people would say it was cool. Yeah. So I got to cool. give credit to Billy Joe. Yeah. Well, fundamentally, he is a good songwriter and hook writer. Right. He's just so washed at this point, but... He's obviously written good stuff in the past. I think I think the issue is is like yeah the the lack of being like well I mean not to get so into it but instead of just saying Americans are idiots and stuff like that is figuring out like maybe why? Yeah, exactly. But um 
But maybe Americans are idiots and they just want to listen to this, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the irony of you have to have a very unsophisticated worldview to think this is sophisticated. Exactly. That's he the himself, whole thing. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, he himself is the American idiot. That's the real twist. Wow. It's unlike the, the Onion headline had it wrong about how it was George W. Bush. It was actually him all along. Um, can we talk about, can we please, can we please talk about the collaboration? Yeah, let's pivot to some good music here. I think we should actually start with Anna Indiana because, Nate, you didn't know that this is what we were uh, reacting to or what Connie Connecticut is reacting to. I feel like she's outside of our control, maybe. But this, you know, in November, this guy started posting songs as as Anna Indiana and had all these plans of he's going to make a 24-7 loop of new AI generated songs all the time and shit. And in the last three months, I think he made three songs and he's completely given up on it. He hasn't posted in about a month. But the third of these songs we never listened to. So I think we should listen to it right now with none of us having ever heard any of this song before. If you guys want to just click that link. Hello, world. I'm Anna. All right, let's check out My Musical Journey by Anna Indiana. Here's my new song, My Musical Journey. Thank you so much. She looks like she needs to be taken out behind a barn and shot. Like she's so inhuman. I don't know what program they use, but it stinks. Freak. Why is she dressed like that too? It's like a wedding dress, like a really. Here's the here's the kicker for me. I still can't hear it, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> okay, fine. This is so bad. It's so cool. What's going on with the music? Can you guys at least describe the music to me, please? MIDI piano. Cool. MIDI drums. Cool. It's just so disjointed sounding. It really does sound like AI. Like, I don't find this threatening at all. Yeah, it's so bad. I don't know why you would be afraid of this. I don't think anyone's I mean, going to be threatened by AI music because th- there is just something so disingenuous about it that even the dumbest person would, well, other than someone that like has a blue check on Twitter. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, even your average person would just be like, "Okay, cool. That's very, that's that's cool that the computer figured out how to do this." But no one's going to like be singing, like you know, be like waiting for the chorus to drop or anything like that. I, I, that's what I think, but who knows. It's such a high bar to write a pop song. Like, there are types of music, like we've talked about, that a computer could conceivably make, like trance or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is kind of the limit. But even then, part of the appeal of trance is going to see, like, a DJ perform it, right? Like, you still want that connection to the person yes. who authored it. Yeah, yes, no one's going to go to a show that says so an AI is DJing. Or, uh, yeah. No one's going to, like, listen to an AI on Spotify if they know it's an AI. Even something like Gorillaz is more like what we've been doing with Connie Connecticut, where he's just making real songs and then has cartoons pretend to perform them. But it's just real music, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Gorillaz stuff, I was like, how is anyone going to go see this live? But I guess people went and saw it live. And now, at this point, he just does normal live shows now where it's just a band. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, when you're doing something like that, at some point you got to get tired of it. It's really hard to work with cartoons. Yeah. It's just all ego. Yeah, this song's so bad. You'll have to listen to it later, Nate. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't sound like anything. It doesn't sound like a song. Like, there are some basic patterns you would think you would be able to pick up on. The lyrics are so good. I strum my guitar and play my piano. I'm Anna Indiana. And it kind of brings me back to Green Day because so many of the hooks on the Green Day album are just songs from the 60s. It's like the hook exactly. One of them is the... um, the guitar line from So What by Pink. 
Yeah. It just has the yeah. same they, riff. They've always stolen shit. Just yeah, like a, a picture book when they did warning and it's just picture book. Yeah. I I love um the so what uh guitar line, so that's cool by me. Yeah, why not use it? Great song. Insane lyrics. Great song. Damn, she killed it. She's got the juice. Yeah, she's got the juice. She can't move her shoulders. <laughs> yeah, they gotta wheel her out on stage. <laughs> yeah, like what are they like she can oh, she's completely completely is it paraplegic? She's even further than that. Yeah, she can only move like five square inches of her mouth. Yeah. She has to raise the real deal by, right like, here. moving a pen with her mouth. Now we're talking though. This is Connie Connecticut featuring Nate Roos. Really, really hot drink. Great track. The hottest thing taking over the AI and human game right now. Trapped inside a coffee shop. I gotta so Alex, do you do you sing it and then does it just put a different voice on it? Yeah. Yeah, it was me singing fed through uh, Anna Indy or uh, Connie Connecticut. That that's really cool. It took so much work. <laughs> the amount of work to do an AI thing is so funny. not worth it. Honestly, in in retrospect, too, I like I, like when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is so good! I just want to sing like Connie." But now, in retrospect, I'm like, "Shit! I should have actually just like sang it, like instead of just trying to be this like cool robot." That, that would have made <laughs> it. That would have made it better. But all I was trying to do, I was just like trying to match Connie. It has a kind of a low-key vibe, though. It has coffee shop vibes. Well, yeah, know? no, it's got a vibe for sure. But I was like, but, you know, I don't necessarily bring a vibe other than myself, but I tried to. I want a really, really hot drink. I like Connie. Yeah, she's cool. I think she's, she's mother is what I think. Yeah, she's giving. She serves cunt for sure. <laughs> it's so... By the way, is this video? Is this video AI? No, I made this myself. <laughs> but I just, I just tried to do a, uh, the lowest effort thing of just like really poorly cropping everything and throwing it together. You're on fire with that lately, by the way. Yeah, I think this has become my video style. Yeah, your production, your production um, value is is. It is basically this video is just the exact same thing as facts and opinions were. Yep, love it. You're really cool at like the stuff like like. Slowly, like the the photos panning constantly. Yeah, yeah. just nauseating. They need to get you to, to um, produce like the business insider or the food insider videos. That'd be cool. Yeah, they need to hit me up. Get me on the horn. I mean, I must have been wearing makeup when we when I did this photo. The ally photo. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic photo. I think that might be my favorite photo of yours. <laughs> All I remember was just being like, huh. It's like a mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Really yeah, like cool. Like what is like a mugshot while I'm like I'm in I'm in prison and I'm holding this up. Yeah. Like would someone release me? That's so funny, it really is. I was like, I think that there was there I was given like bullet points of stuff that I could write and I just wrote it verbatim. Great song. There's a real I, John Henry story. 
went like way yeah. way overboard like competing with that ai it's it's a funny bit that we did like i put that chord change together in like five minutes in those melodies just to just to prove that i'm better than anna indiana and then we just heard that last one she did and it was just fucking brutal yeah it's just a it's just yeah nothing. i mean it doesn't take very much to be better than anna indiana no offense to her yeah it's so yeah. easy that's the thing like it hasn't even automated the most basic shit like yeah, like I, playing two chords, like it, writing a Green Day song. Is it tr- is it is is it just trying too hard? I think it's that the guy doesn't know about music. Yeah, the guy who programmed it probably doesn't know about music theory or any of that shit, and he's just kind of feeding shit into it and letting it make stuff, and he doesn't really know if it's good or not. And that's I've, the problem because you have to have a a stable mind at the helm to wrestle these computers. Yeah, you at least have to be able to judge the quality of what the AI is giving you. If you don't have any idea of how music works, it just doesn't matter what it comes up with, you know? Have you guys ever like used an AI, any sort of AI tool that like came out in the last year? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like we've talked about this before, but I think AI is pretty good for music in the sense that plugins are just getting better. Like all the newest like amp simulators, like native instruments, uh, guitar rig. It sounds so much better now that it has like machine learning kind of shit built into it to learn how amps sound much more efficiently. Like they just sound way better now. Like that's a good thing for like, it's like an obvious plus for music to have better sounding amp sims. You know, there's just like, yeah, it's all upside. Everyone gets mad at the parts of AI that are like going to be used by corporate guys to try to get rid of as many jobs as possible. But there's also things that are genuinely empowering for musicians and shit out there, you know, especially plugins. Yeah. Like writing the song itself. That's the part that you always want a human to do. Yeah. Other parts of it, like, the really fine tuning of EQ and all that stuff. It's like, if you don't have to think about that, you can think more about the creative side of it. Like if you're yeah, not 100%. putting in patch chords to a bunch of different modular synth things. So it's weird to kind of go with that first, to go with writing the song first. Yeah, right. Like the, uh, yeah. the, the cart <laughs> Not before being the able horse. to have like a good drum beat. But right. it really is, I guess you could call it the blue check mentality or just kind of a conservative mentality in general of like, People who don't understand creativity at all are like, wouldn't it be cool to automate all creativity? But then it's not creativity anymore and it has no soul to it. Like it is cool to automate, like you're saying, Alex, just like minute EQ tweaks that no one really enjoys doing. Some people are good at doing it, but they don't they don't do it because it's fun to EQ a, a sound. They do it because they want to make a good sounding song, right? Like Yeah, getting there's rid so of much the stuff that's been automated fine. away, so much annoying stuff in music that probably was yeah. a barrier to a lot of creativity. Even totally. for guys like the Beatles, yeah, back in the day when tape. you had to, yeah, working with tape and you had to spend like four hours having engineers looping stuff back and forth. Like, if yeah. you just imagine like what those guys could have done if they had a copy of Ableton and all exactly. the plugins like, and stuff, and yeah. they like they didn't have to plug anything in, the amount of time they would have saved, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the Beatles used VeriSpeed because it was what they had. But if they were making music today, they would just do like the Kendrick Lamar like formant shifting thing in. Uh, in autotune to get a similar like weird vocal effect, right? Like they're just using the tools they had and now we have better tools objectively, you know? Right. Yeah. Mozart didn't get to use any of, any of those tools guys. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Classical composers in particular, I think would have liked that stuff because they weren't, they weren't playing the music. Right. They were telling someone else to play it. They were writing it down. Being able to fuck with MIDI would be so much easier, you know? Yeah, Yeah. just having general MIDI. Like, if you gave Beethoven general MIDI, he would be so happy he wouldn't be deaf anymore. (laughs) It would instantly heal him. I really do, like, this is like my sort of cliche thing, but I think that the most interesting musicians of every era would be happy to have 
any set of tools that empowers them to do things more quickly in order to just get more ideas out, you know? Yes. However, I mean, I don't know. There's some sort of counter argument to be made about just doing the best with what you have. Oh yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think that people would say like, whether it's Mozart or John Lennon, they would have said yes to having native instruments, guitar rig, you know, 1 billion percent. Um, and they would probably use the computer to go on porn though. I feel like that would happen pretty quickly. Like if you went back in time, like Mozart in particular was a pretty horny yeah, guy. Yeah, no, Mozart so would be, be the worst computer. One. Yeah, he would instantly just he would forget about music altogether. Yeah, he'd, he'd follow he'd follow Jake Flores, and next thing you know, he'd he'd be he'd move to to Brooklyn and move into Jake Flores's flat, and and the two of them would just like be raunchy together. <laughs> and he's talking about Salieri, and Jake's talking about Nick Mullen. <laughs> Um, let's leave it on that note. I got to fucking go. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for uh, stopping by and, uh, listening to all this, uh, great music between Anna, Indiana and new green day. We really hit all the the best stuff out there today. (laughs) Yeah. Let's roll that song again. Which one? Really, really hot drink. Well, you don't have to listen to it if you're leaving. No, but I was going to say, I mean, yeah, well, but yeah, but I mean, I, I need to, you know, promote the song that I'm a part of. Oh, of course. Yeah, you better you better be fucking promoting this thing so hard, Nate, or I'm gonna be so fucking mad. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing that. So all when the are time. you on the voice next? Uh I don't know. <laughs> is the show still on? Uh I don't no know. Idea. You would know. I wouldn't. I thought <laughs> that one po- some my ass on it. I thought at one point they were gonna ask yeah, it's still me. Still on. I thought at one point they were gonna ask me to be a host on the show. Like someone had called me and said, "Hey, the head of NBC wants to talk to you." And this is after I'd like gone on the Voice, and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna ask me to like do the next season." And then, and then like a week later, they're like, "Yeah, he doesn't want to talk to you." <laughs> Damn, but I you know if that's who a does? Good gig or not? Us. And you're always welcome to Thank talk you. to us. Thank you. I think that's it's right. a great gig, from what I can tell. You don't have to get up early. I don't think they had to get up too early either, because when I did it that the week that I think, I like, oh, God, I think I did like three days of that. It is pretty relentless. Fuck that. Yeah. They should automate that. That's a job they can automate. I've got some great, I've got some great stories, but I can't share them uh, right now. I gotta go. Okay. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. Trapped inside a car.